Welcome to the In Love with PMDD podcast. I am your host, Rose, your PMDD relationship expert. I have personally been suffering with PMDD for over 15 years and spent so much time desperately trying to navigate my intimate relationships, going from breakup to breakup, thinking that everyone else was the problem. I am now married to an amazing PMDD partner thanks to the PMDD-specific relationship tools that I have developed over the years, and now I am here to share them with you. Because I know that there is not much research available to PMDD partners, I am now dedicating my doctorate practice specifically for PMDD relationships. I am a traumatology doctoral candidate, and each week, I will be providing PMDD partners with my signature PMDD trauma transformational tools on how to effectively navigate an intimate relationship while having PMDD so that you can avoid the patterns of breaking up with your partner every single month and you can finally have the supportive relationship that we all desire and deserve. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now let's get into your weekly dose of PMDD relationship tools. We got this. Today, we are going to talk about what to do if you want your PMDD partner to change. So many times we think that if we could just get our PMDD partner to understand what we're going through, to change something about what they're doing, then we can have a better relationship and we can get really, really frustrated when we get to those points um, in our relationship where we feel like we're just not seeing eye to eye. So I really wanted to come on here and do this episode with you all because I am in the thick of it with my PMDD partner. We are going through a lot of things right now with moving, um, family stuff, hard stuff, him really dealing with um, a lot of things with PMDD with his evolution of it. So I believe that when your partner initially goes into that process of understanding what PMDD is and really trying to find their way in every single month, they put your PMDD partner can put a lot of pressure on them to get things right because they feel like now that they know that PMDD is a thing and now that they're getting little nuggets of knowledge, whether they're listening to my podcast or talking to you about things that you've heard, then the next month there's so much pressure of, okay, I need to implement this new tool. I need to do this differently. I need to do all of these things. And we have to remember for us and our PMDD partners that it's not natural to fall into this new narrative of dealing with a partner with PMDD and actually knowing it's a thing. So it's one thing to deal with your partner has some things that are going on that are making your relationship difficult. And it's another thing to actually get the diagnosis, to know that, okay, the reason why we're having issues in our relationship is because of PMDD. Because I know specifically for my partner, he's very proactive. So when he knows what to tackle and what to approach, he's very like on point. Okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. And he puts a lot of pressure on himself. And that's something that we've dealt with this last time. It's just really 
really trying to get it right and not getting it right. So I want to let all of you PMDD partners to know whether you're the person with PMDD that's listening to this or you're the partner or both, which I strongly suggest that you listen to the episodes together, that give yourself some grace if you don't get it right the first month, right? So you get, you're getting all these tools and you're like, oh, okay, I, you're, you're seeing how you could have implemented a lot of the things that you were doing differently. And now you're gearing up for the next round of PMDD and you're putting this pressure on yourself to do things a certain way. But I want to let you know that this is a, a learning process. It's an ongoing process. And that's why I created a podcast about it. And that's why I'm giving you tools weekly because I could I could give you all the tools I have in one book or one one month. I could just put everything all there, but it would be so overwhelming to you. So that's why I give it to you in weekly doses and little things to implement. But what I noticed this month with my PMDD partner is we're shifting like we're shifting roles. And he even said it, he was like, you used to be the one that was really overly positive. And he used to be the one that does this thing that's called um, catastrophicing. So it's like, if you say worst case scenario, so everything, as soon as a problem would come up, he used to say the worst case scenario, and then we would discuss it and go through, what if this happens? And what if this happens? But now that he's gotten on this really really positive journey. Now I we're switching roles where I'm the one that's like, wait a minute, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And that's normal because you're, you're not always mirroring yourself when you're in a relationship. I know that one of the things that drew us to each other when we first started dating and we got engaged and married and all of the things, we kept talking about how alike we were. We used to call ourselves twins And we used to say, I can't believe I found someone that's exactly like me. So you're in that new part of your relationship where you're finding out that you have so many things in common. And then when you find out that you want the same things, that was like the icing on the cake for us. It's like, we both wanted to be in a committed relationship. We both wanted to be active. Like there were certain aspects of our personality that aligned, that made us think that we were just perfect for each other and there wouldn't be much work because we had so many things in common. But the longer we go into our relationship and we go through our journey of PMDD, we realize how different we really are. And sometimes those differences could make you second guess. This is also another reason that my clients come to me and say, oh, I thought we were supposed to be together, but maybe we're not supposed to be together. Maybe I should just be single because I'm coming up with all of these scenarios that are showing just how different we are. And sometimes we think a way for you and your relationships to get back on track is for your partners to change things about them, change things about their personality, change things about their character so that you guys can have a better relationship. So we go from wanting our partner to be exactly how they are, accepting them exactly how they are. And then all of a sudden, when we get into our journey of PMDD and trying to figure out how we can make it work, we literally target our partner and say, if you would just change this thing about yourself, our PMDDs would be better. If you would just change this, if you would operate differently while I'm in PMDD, if you would be more understanding, if you would do more, be more, and and you're essentially asking your partners to change the core of who they are 
a lot of times because when you go into the specifics, I know for my partner, we literally just had an incident um, that happened uh, hours ago. So I'm here in Chicago. Um, my PMDD partner, he has a daughter prior to our marriage and she's graduating college. And when we were long distance, so that's a whole nother, I'll have to do another episode on that, but we're long distance because we're both military and we both are stationed in different places. So earlier in our journey, specifically when I was in PMDD, um, he would have these expectations of when we see each other, it's going to be like this. And we're both going to see each other and be really loving. And a lot of times when we would schedule our trips, I would be in PMDD. And so I would be in a mode of really wanting to isolate, not really wanting to be bothered. And I know I have a couple of clients where they're the opposite. They want to be super affectionate. They want to be really clingy. They want a lot of validation. And that's how my partner is when I get into PMDD. And so when we would see each other, he would have these expectations of our our initial seeing each other is going to be this specific way. And if it wasn't that way, he would be very disappointed. And on my side, I would feel all of this pressure to be a certain way for him. And then that, that pressure, when you're in PMDD and you get a lot of pressure from your partner, you immediately think of how do I relieve the pressure? Oh, don't be in the relationship, right? That's when we go into that mode of like, maybe I should just be single. And the reason why we say this is because maybe I should just be single because I don't have the energy to deal with these additional expectations when I'm just trying to survive myself. So as we've gone longer into our journey um, with being together, with being married, with PMDD, he's actually gotten to the point where he doesn't have those expectations, but now I do. So I was noticing that we need to increase our intimacy when we are together because in my mind, we don't, we're not intimate all month long other than, you know, verbally. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go on this journey of intimacy, right? So have you ever learned something new? And then all of a sudden you're ready to just hurry up and implement it. That's how I was. I'm like, we're going to focus on reconnection and intimacy. And when we got on this trip, I was just like thinking like, when we're going to meet, we're going to come here, we're going to have sex, we're going to reconnect, we're going to do all these things. So I had all of this on my mind. Again, I don't suggest that you do this without communicating it with your partner, because that's exactly um, how you get into those miscommunications. Because, but then also you don't want it to be forced, right? Like you feel like if I'm working on intimacy and I want it to be natural, a lot of times I hear my clients say, I just want everything to be natural. But with PMDD, you almost have to be strategic because if you leave it to what's natural, that's not, doesn't always turn out the way that you think. So when we saw each other, we had a two hour drive in order to get to, um, so we flew into Chicago, we drove to Indiana. And in my mind, we're going to come to the Airbnb. I love Airbnbs versus hotels because I love to cook and it's just, it feels more like home versus just staying in the hotel. So we were going to come here in my mind, right? We were going to come here, we're going to have sex. And then we were supposed to go out to dinner um, with his daughter, her boyfriend, and then another couple um, that's in their family. And when we got here, he was saying that um, we're running late, we're running late, we're running late. So here's two things about the personalities. This is how 
I determined that you can have similar things in your personality, but there are also things that you strategically just don't do the same. So my partner is very on time, always on time, actually super early. And I remember even when we were dating, I was just like, why do we have to, and we would go on trips a lot. I was like, why do we have to be at the airport three hours prior? I know that's what the people say, but like, who really does that? And I realized I married the person (laughs) that does that because me, one hour is the the max. I would always be at the airport one hour max. And that was pushing it. Like that was a stretch of the imagination. Like I'm more of a fly on the, I'm more spontaneous. I'm more, I just arrive. So, you know, those people, when they get on the plane and everyone's seated, and then there's these one or two people that trickle in um, while everyone's seated and they're just like waiting for these last little passengers. Like that's me because when I am super early and I'm just sitting there waiting, like I just start to think of all the things that I could be doing. And then I'm like, this is so stupid. Why am I sitting here? I could have been getting groceries. I could have been like, I think, uh, I overthink of things that I could do instead of just like my partner does enjoy the fact that we're early. So we're just going to sit here and talk to each other, stare at each other, or look around the airport. And that's not enjoyable for me because I literally feel like I could control the narrative and be doing a lot of different things. So back to the story. So we get here and I'm just like, okay, let, you know, like, let's be intimate because I haven't seen you in a month. Like, can you imagine? I haven't seen my partner in a month. And so my, on my mind is connecting and he's like, we're going to be late. (laughs) We're going to be late. We have to get ready and go. And I'm like, what? So here's what happened is when you create these narratives in your mind of how you think your interaction is going to be with your partner. And it's not that way. You're immediately shocked and disappointed. And you're thinking that your partner should have responded a different way. Like the reason why you guys are having an argument or you're having a disagreement right now is because your PMDD partner should have responded a different way. And when you're controlling the narrative in your mind and saying, I'm only going to be in a good mood if you're reacting this way, you're putting so much pressure on yourself, on the other person, because number one, they probably don't know the expectation as to how you're expecting them to show up to you. And this is supposed to be a time where we're not in PMDD. So a lot of times I believe that we can focus on the issues that we have in PMDD so much that we only leave ourselves enough room to have issues while we're in PMDD. It's almost unacceptable to have PMDD and have an argument outside of it right? It's kind of like, all right, we already have this tumultuous situation for two weeks out of the month or seven days or however long your PMDD is, and you have issues. We absolutely cannot argue outside of PMDD. Like you put that kind of stamp on it, whether it's you outwardly say it to your partner or you're thinking it in your mind, but it's kind of like, we don't have the luxury of having arguments outside of PMDD because it's almost guaranteed that we're going to have arguments when we're in PMDD. So that's a lot of pressure to go through a relationship, an intimate relationship where individuals who don't have PMDD, they have arguments all the time, right? But ours with PMDD are so, they're magnified 
that it's like, you know what, I, we, we can't do it. We just absolutely cannot argue when we're not in PMDD. And my partner got into this mode of wanting everything to be perfect outside of PMDD. And that's where I used to be. I used to be the person that when I was in PMDD, I would um, pretend like I would try to pretend like I wasn't, right? If anything would happen, I'd be like, I'm not in PMDD. No, this is a real issue that we're having in our relationship. I'm not in PMDD. Knowing full well that I was feeling all of the symptoms of PMDD, but I just didn't want to admit it because a part of me just wanted to be in a normal relationship without PMDD. And I felt like the acknowledgement of being in PMDD just made it more real. And I wasn't in a place where I wanted to accept it. I didn't want to accept that PMDD had that much control over my relationships. So I pretended that I wasn't in PMDD and a lot of issues that we were having were legit issues. And this is what led to the breakups is because I believed the intrusive thoughts. I believed the lies that were being told in my mind because I wasn't accepting that those were PMDD thoughts, right? I had to begin to accept them and label them. And then I could pull myself out of it because I don't know if you've ever heard this, but what you resist will persist. So the longer you try not to argue, the longer you try not to accept that you're in PMDD, the more magnified your symptoms are, the more magnified your problems are because you're putting so much energy towards not just containing the symptoms that you're having with PMDD, but you're also putting so much pressure on yourself to restrain yourself from feeling. You're almost not allowing yourself to feel the feelings that you feel because you're trying to avoid them. So my go-to was my partner just needs to change and that's not the answer. So I want to give you some tools on what you can do. If you're getting to that part in your relationship with your PMDD partner, where you're thinking that if they would just change some things about themselves, then everything with our PMDD relationship would be better. So if you're at that place where you love your partner, you care about their partner, but you just wish that you could change some things about them. And you're really thinking, if someone loves me, if someone cares about me, they would be willing to make the changes that they need to make. They would be willing to change themselves for me because they're supposed to love me, right? And if they're not willing to change themselves, then that must mean that they don't love me. Have you ever done that with your PMDD partner where you put specific expectations on them? Like if you love me, you'll do this, this, and this. And if you don't do this, this, and this, then you must not love me. That's creating a false narrative because that is your expectation. That has nothing to do with how they truly feel about you, how they're truly committed to you. And when you're putting that stamp on it, you're limiting receiving the love that your partner has for you authentically in their way. So we have to allow our PMDD partners to show love and support to us in the way that is most comfortable for them and the way that is most authentic for them, not in the way that we're just expecting them to be. So I, as a PMDD relationship expert, I am warning you about placing those expectations on your PMDD partner And then eventually putting them on yourself because then you can be able to be like, you know what, if I love my partner, I should be able to to put away these PMDD symptoms for them. 
that's unrealistic. You're putting that unrealistic pressure on yourself to be able to contain your PMDD symptoms in order to please your partner. And then, because then when you fail at doing that, then you're going to feel like you're a horrible partner. And then you're going to feel like, oh, they should just be with someone who doesn't have PMDD. And maybe I'm, I'm the problem. I want to let you know that every relationship has problems, whether, the, whether individuals have PMDD or not. So I don't want you to think that because um, when you're in PMDD that your, your issues that you have in your relationship are magnified, that they're different from anyone else. Everyone, ha- no relationship is void of having issues. So I want you to talk to your partner about those expectations that you've been placing on them because we need to transform that, right? Number one, we need to make them aware. This is what I thought was going to happen. This is what I had to do yesterday. I was like, well, the reason why I'm disappointed because my my PMDD partner couldn't understand. He was like, what is wrong with you? And I said, the what's wrong with me is that I expected the situation to go like this. And then it really went like this, right? So I believe when you're just being open and honest and vulnerable and transparent of what your expectations are, then your partner can understand, okay, so this is why they're acting like this. This is why they're acting disappointed. Um, So a way to get yourself in a healthy relationship with PMDD and with healthy expectations is... You need to learn how to support your partner in the process of dealing with PMDD without being controlling or manipulative. You need to stop trying to control how your PMDD relationship has to be. It's different for everyone and you need to allow both of you to grow in this process. This is a learning experience for both of you because as you're dealing with your PMDD symptoms, Um, you're also dealing with how to navigate your PMDD relationship by listening to this podcast, listening to these tools. And it takes a couple of months to implement them to where they become second nature. Give yourself some grace in knowing that you don't have to be so hard on yourself and you don't have to be so hard on your PMDD partners to get it perfect. Because I know that we always think last month, we didn't know this knowledge, but now that we know it, we should be implementing it right now and it should be completely perfect. Well, this is not something that you and your PMDD partner have done before. So when you're asking your partners to change certain things about themselves in order for your PMDD relationship to be better, think about number one, understand your motivation. Before you say anything to your partner about the things that you want them to change, think about why you want your PMDD partner to do something different. Are you concerned with them making noise because they chew because they it messes with your misophonia? Or are there really deeper things that are going on in your relationship that it has to do with, right? You can say something like, I wish my partner would just be more understanding of my PMDD by doing this, this, and this. But why specifically do you want them to change that specific thing? Because a lot of the things that we address are on the surface, right? They're on their surface level, but we need to really go deep and figure out why do I want my partner to change this specific thing? What is it that I really, really want them to do? And when you figure that out for yourself, then you can go to your partner and talk to them about what's really going on versus just saying, I wish you would put the toilet seat down or I wish you would take out the trash. 
What you're really saying is you want your partner to give you more acts of service to show that they're really all in in your relationship, to show that they really care about you. So you're really lacking in the area of feeling loved because they're not doing the things that you think that they should be doing. Because in your mind, if my partner loves me, they need to do these specific things. So it's not just that they're not taking the trash out and that's why you're really mad. It's that you feel like they don't love you because they didn't take the trash out. And when you get honest with yourself and with your partner, they're going to take what you're asking them to do a lot more seriously and because they understand the impact. They understand what it's tied to, but you can't expect them to just know. So the second thing is appeal to what interests your partner. So you're more likely to succeed with asking your partner to change if you suggest something that your PMDD partner already wants to do. So if you know that your partner wants you to be, if you know that you and your partner both want to have a more loving, connected relationship, then if you basically bring it to them and say, listen, I believe that our relationship would be more loving and and all of the things that we want if this happened, they're going to be more likely to do it because they're going to understand the reward that's coming from it. And the third thing is use specifics. Your PMDD partner cannot read your mind. So ask clearly and kindly what you specifically want and give them examples. Say, I would like for you to help out around the house more, or I would like you to communicate with me more. And here are some examples. If you call me first thing in the morning, if you text me first thing in the morning, that's going to make me feel more loved. That's going to make me feel more cared for. So I know so many times we think to ourselves, if they love me, they would just know. And sometimes even just bringing it to their attention is one thing, but without giving examples of what that looks like for you, I always do this with my clients when we get on private sessions. And they say, I want my partner to be more supportive. I want my partner to be more considerate. And my first question is, what does that look like for you? Because I guarantee you it's different for everyone. What I consider my partner being supportive and considerate looks like can be way different from what you consider. And you can't be fearful of literally giving your partner examples of what you envision in your mind that you know that's going to make you feel more loved. And the same thing when you're talking to them. If they say, you're just not being, you're not understanding that I'm going through something too when you're in PMDD. And then you can literally ask them, what does that look like for you? Me being more supportive to what you're going through while I'm going through PMDD, what does that look like? What do you specifically want me to do? And when you're willing to be that specific, then your partner can actually give you what it is that you want, give you what it is that you're feeling like you're needing. And so the fourth thing is to be a role model. Like showing beats telling every single time. If you demonstrate the behavior yourself, you're going to help your partners to form new habits without feeling like you're nagging them. So if you want your partner to send more loving messages, you start sending more loving messages. If you want your partner to be more considerate while you're in PMDD, be considerate of them while you're in PMDD, right? Don't tell them to do something that you're not presently doing yourself because then they don't have the example that we talked about. Then they don't know what 
how great it feels. So one thing that my partner, my PMDD partner is amazing at this. When he wants me to do something different in the relationship, he will start doing it himself. Then I will start feeling how amazing it feels. And then I'll be like, you know what? I feel that one of the things that my PMDD partner does is he gives very thoughtful gifts. I mean, gifts that if he notices that I'm struggling in a certain area with schoolwork or something, he'll go buy me something that's going to ease, ease my struggles. And it's very intentional. And I started noticing that I feel really loved when he buys me gifts that literally help my life be easier. So what did that make me do? The next thing I went out shopping, I started buying him gifts with things that were going to make his life feel easier. And the only way that I knew to do that was because I experienced the genuine feeling, right? I, I knew what that felt like. And so the next thing is, is to seek compromises. If you want you and your partner to be on the same page and for them to accommodate you, it's important that you be willing to do the same things. So asking your partner for examples, like I said before, of suggestions, just ask them, do a check-in with them. And that's a, um, that's one of the things that I'm going to be providing you all with is a PMDD partners check-in and I'm going to be creating that for you. I'm starting to create new tools that you can use. And these are tools that are provided to my private clients. But as I was going through the PMDD Healing Summit this year, I was noticing that without you doing private sessions with me, I'm able to provide you with tools that you can specifically use in your relationship. So if that's something that you're interested in, go ahead and DM me on Instagram. I'm going to be creating a store where I'm going to be having a lot of my PMDD tools for you to purchase so that even if you don't have private sessions with me, you can just look up a topic, use the tools that are really going to help you because I understand that there are not a lot of PMDD resources out there specifically for relationships. So that's what I've been working on behind the scenes is creating them for you. Um, And I'm going to be announcing them to you. So make sure that you're following me on Instagram at in love with PMDD. And if you're interested in those products, I'll start putting them um, on the links in my bio. And then you can always email me at in love with PMDD at gmail.com. And I can um, give those to you. Also, another thing, another announcement is I'm going to be starting a newsletter, a PMDD Partners newsletter, where I'm going to be giving you information on the podcast episodes, behind the scenes things. So if that's something that you want to be added to, then make sure that you DM me on Instagram with your email. I know that a lot of you um, emailed me after this last PMDD Healing Summit to get my free ebook. If you haven't, you need to go over and do that now because this is free these are things that are go- I'm going to eventually charge for but right now I'm making them free for the individuals that went to the PMDD healing summit um and this is just a free resource that I am providing for you and it's 10 ways to manage your PMDD rage in your relationship so if you want a copy of that ebook before I put it on sale then make sure you dm me on instagram at in love with pmdd and I will provide you with that but back to the fifth tip which is seek compromises if you want your partner to accommodate you 
when you're in PMDD and to manage your expectations, you have to be willing to do the same thing for them. So one of the things um, that I got back from this PMDD healing summit is that they said, um, I didn't realize that my PMDD partner was going through so much, but after listening to your session where you really put a lot of the focus on the PMDD partner, I was able to really recognize that it's not just me that goes through things when we're in PMDD, it's also my partner. And I want to let you know that that's so true. And I know that because I'm very in tune with my PMDD partner. So a lot of times when I'm providing you with resources, it's not just based off of my point of view as the individual with PMDD. It's also based off of me seeing firsthand what my PMDD partner is going through. And I'm really working with him, working with him as if he was a client with dealing with everything that he has to go through when he's in, um, when I'm in PMDD, because I now I start to look at it as we're both in PMDD, right? It's not just me. So I want you to really think about what we've communicated today about asking your partner to change and understanding that you have to be the change that you want to see. So if you want your partner to change in a certain way, the first thing is, the number one was understand your motivation. Think about why you want your partners to change. Why do you want them to do something differently? Is it the surface level thing that you're asking them to change or is it because you're really missing something? A lot of times with my private clients, I realize that when you're in PMDD, you're missing something from your relationship, from your partner. And instead of asking for the thing that you are missing, you're asking for the representation of that. Instead of asking for more quality time, you're telling them that you don't want them to hang out with your friends, with their friends. So it's not just that you don't want them to hang out with their friends as much as they do. It's you want them to replace that time with actually spending time with you when you're in PMDD, but you feel bad about asking them to do that. So you pick an argument about them hanging out with their friends. And so in their mind, they're thinking, wow, she doesn't want me to have friends. That's not the thing. You want them to spend that time with you and and you need to figure out a way to ask for what it is that you really want. So understanding the motivation behind wanting them to change. The second thing was appealing to self-interest. If you really want them to change, then you need to show them the benefits of that change. How is that change going to benefit your relationship, right? If you change this, our relationship is going to be better because of this. It's going to be better in this specific way. We're going to be more connected. We're going to be more intimate if you change this specific thing. The third thing was use specifics. Provide examples on what that looks like for you. The fourth thing is be a role model, right? Instead of nagging them on telling them you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this, um, that's going to lead to arguments. Your partner is going to maybe start to avoid having conversations with you about the relationship because you're always telling them what they need to do. Instead of just showing them lovingly what that can do for your relationship, being that role model. And the fifth thing is seeking compromises. If you want your partner to accommodate you, you have to be willing to do the same thing for them. So if you want a copy of these tools for this specific episode, I'm going to start providing this for my clients for you to be able to utilize. Um, even if you're just listening to the podcast and you're not one of my private clients, I'm going to start providing these resources for you. So if that's something that you're interested in, DM me on Instagram at in love with PMDD. And I will see you on the next episode.
We got this. I hope these PMDD trauma transformational tools help you and your PMDD partner. If you found this podcast helpful, please comment and leave me a five-star review to help other PMDD partners find our show with these tools and support. This is how you can help support the show and other PMDD partners. For everything that us PMDD partners go through, we should not have to do this alone. So until next time, remember that we can have the relationship that we desire and deserve while we have PMDD. We got this.